Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host, IBK. We have a lot of things to talk about. It's an amazing show. Nigeria won 10 nil against, we are going to find out who. <laughs> lost 4 nil at home against a team that rhymes with hungry. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the, um, um, we're going to be touching on some of the results from the um from the Nations League, we're going to be talking about transfers. As now seem to be waking up right now, we're going to be talking about. Yeah, AY has some interesting conversations he wants to talk about for the Formula One, and AY too is not happy because Celtics lost in the finals against the Curry and Golden State Warriors. So we have a packed show today. What's up, guys? Yeah, I mean, um, you said it all. We have. Uh... Lots to talk about today, so you know, let's get to it. Okay, Olashen. Yeah. Okay, um, can you reel out some of the results from the Nations League, and then one of a couple of results from the um, Cup qualifiers, please? Yeah. Um. So I mean, what you mentioned, Nigeria won ten nil against the South Southam and Principe. I've heard of that country before. But I didn't know that they were like, that they were real, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they're actually real people. And yeah, in the African qualifiers, qualifying for um, the African Cup of Nations that is going to hold in a 2023, I think. It's 2023, right? Yeah. I, I think, I think, yeah, yeah 2023. Um, yeah, so the, the quali- qualifiers for that, uh, Nigeria won 10 nil away, so in, in Sao Tome. Um, 10 nil, uh, hat trick for Victor Osimhen. Four, uh, four, quadruple. Oh, sorry, yeah, well, a hat trick, four goals for Victor Osimhen. Uh, goal for Emmanuel Dennis, uh, Moses Simon, uh, Terry Murphy, a table online, I know, and uh, Adimola Lukman got scored. So, this, this were the people on the score sheet. So, I think this is, I think, um, Nigeria's biggest win or, or second biggest win or something, something along those lines, but it's, uh, I mean. Your winning 10 nil is going to rank highly up there in, in your record uh, win. So yeah, it was a good win for us. Good, good couple of goals for Simon because he has, he's had like a, a tough year scoring wise for Nigeria. I think the game he scored last time, I think we played against Sierra Leone, the same, the game that um, that's, he will be scored in. That was his first goal for Nigeria in 2022. So he hadn't been, you know, on on a good run of form international wise. But I mean, he's, he's got five goals now in, in his past two games. So yeah, good for him heading into the. I was about to say heading into the World Cup, but Nigeria isn't going to the World Cup, so I guess heading into like other <laughs> qualifiers. But yeah, also for like um for the UEFA uh, Nations League that just um well ended for this round because. You know, we're talking about the last week about how we, you know, it's it's uh, it's, it's not right that they're still playing. They just played the last uh, set of games, and um, there were there were a couple of good games. Um, the one that you just you mentioned before, like with England against Hungary. England lost at home uh, against Hungary. And I'm just trying to look at the names. I don't know these people. I, I mean, looking at the lineup, <laughs> England played right. I mean, it was. It wasn't a bad team, but you know, they had Bellingham, they had Saka, they had Harry Kane, they had Bowen, uh, Conor Gallagher. It wasn't like a horrible team, but you know, they lost 5-0, uh, 4-0, beg your pardon. So it was, uh, it was a crazy one. Uh, Germany also played against Italy, uh, 5-2 win for Germany. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're going into 
I guess they're yeah, going strong into the into the into the year um, into the World Cup. Beg your pardon. Uh, some of the people that are not going strong is France because they lost against Croatia, and I think the all the all the three four games that they played in the Nations League, I don't think they won any. So it was a, it's 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 pretty bad, and you know it's what people say like is the curse of 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 the holders because like when they have a good um, campaign leading to them winning the next campaign is always not as good. So yeah, I mean this is what's happening with France now. We we think so. It, it's it's be it's be good to see who is the is the team the country this this season that um that this uh, World Cup here that really um you know comes comes to the fore to to uh to challenge for the, the World Cup because it doesn't look like there's going to be fun. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, the rest of the games I'm not going to read out because like uh, nobody cares about nations league like that. But yeah, those are the two big games. Okay. Um. Let, let's 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 um let's start with let's start with um in, um um the England game and then we move to Nigeria. They played a they they, play, they played a mixed team. Um. Your boy was in the post. Ramsdale was in the post. Saka and all these other guys started. Harry that's not my boy. That's not my boy. That's not my boy. <laughs> Ramsdale is not your boy again. He's never been my boy. What do you mean again? <laughs> nah. Ramsdale's never been my boy. I don't like him. Thirty million for these guys. Crazy. <laughs> but yeah, no, consider. Okay, so well, they didn't turn up. England didn't turn up, and if in this nation's league they've only scored one goal in four games, and that was a penalty, it mm, suspicious penalty against Germany, and they've been awful. And on another bad day at the office, their their biggest loss at home in ninety something years, ninety six years or so, they were awful tonight. They were awful on Monday, yeah, your Monday or Tuesday night, something like that. Why? Why? Why were they that awful? Uh, well, I guess um, uh, it's the inability of you know, the limitations of Southgate. Uh, the Southgate are beginning to come out. He, beginning? Then on the, Is it yeah, this is it. <laughs> well, I mean, they been, they, well, well, they used to be latent, but they're becoming more of it now. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. I think maybe I should that. Let me phrase it that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, because he's been able to get away with it because England have played two international tournaments and they sort of avoided difficult things. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Everybody. I said maybe in the Euros when they went to Germany in the second half, but that was very poor German. So, uh, yeah, but anytime they come up against a, a team that is well set up, a team that can beat their high line, they struggle. And uh, in this um, Nations League, his um, insistence on using Ryan Sterling, despite Ryan Sterling's poor form, not, not necessarily for the Hungary game, generally, you know, across the first Hungary game, the, the German game, and then the second of the game. So you can see that he's a very limited manager. I mean, he was, he was limited as manager of Middlesbrough, and he has been limited as manager of, uh, of the three lines. Uh, unfortunately, they just had a new contract, so it's not like they're going to get rid of him anytime soon. But as long as Southgate is there, they're not going to win anything. That's, that's just a fact. So, uh, well, to the game itself. Okay. Oh, okay. No, no, we were finished. Yeah. 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 The game itself, it was, it was horrible. I mean, Johnstone's got a red card. I, I that, but that was a red card. That second yellow was funny. It was, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it was. I didn't, yeah, he yeah, didn't. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah, and then he brought on um, the most incompetent of them all, Ayo Maguire, <laughs> in 80-something minutes. And so, I mean, it's just... And, this, just, and, just, this, <laughs> and then they considered it for, so it's just a total shambles, really. Uh, but it's the Nations League, it's coming at the wrong time, so I think he's going, he's going to get away with it. Like, because almost every team is having this rough ride right now. The French are having the same ride. The Italians are struggling. Uh, England is also even Germany are struggling. It's just they manage. They've not lost, but they've not been winning. So you get away with it with the excuse of it's the end of a long season. But come Qatar in November, we're going to see all these lapses. You know. So but what was really? What's, what do you think really is the problem with the team? Because like I'm looking at the lineup now, and like a, a, a midfield of like uh, Conor Gallagher and Calvin Phillips doesn't doesn't inspire confidence creative creatively with I mean obviously you have Bellingham but in this game he was playing uh, just behind Kane so it's like do they need to do something with the midfield I mean like yeah it's something that people have mentioned a lot like you know you need to bring some creativity what what could they do because they have a lot of players but like how could they set up okay I'm going to use one analogy to answer your question many times people come and they're like how come Ayamaga plays very well in England and doesn't play too well in Manchester United? And it's because in England, the setup is totally different. Like, you have <coughs> Calvin Phillips and um, <coughs> what, uh, and Jetton uh, Wright in front of the defense, like, shielding the defense, right? So that tells you that Southgate is a very defensive manager. He plays high line, so it looks like he's quite attack, attack minded, where his wing backs really bust up, go up and down. But he shields the defense with two defensive midfielders. So it plays a very defensive system. You get me? But that's not bad. It's not bad. Because, I mean, if you're playing, if you're going to be playing team, teams like France, Germany, and Co., it's not bad to play a defensive system. But when you're playing the, the, the lesser teams and still playing the system, you used to get away with it because, okay, they'll just find a goal from somewhere, Sterling will score, King will score. Mm. So you used, used to get away with it, but uh, I'm okay, it's just common sense. Why would you play Calvin Phillips and Conor Gallagher against Hungary? Why? It just it just shows <laughs> shows the competence, really. That's the kind of game you should be very attack minded. You know, if you're gonna lose, lose four three, lose five four, something. You get me? Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Even on the bench, it was James Ward, Powers, and Declan Rice. You know, yeah. similar kind of players. Yeah, so that's that. That's it. That's why I am aware looks good in England, you know, because it's very defensive setup. Well, it looked good. I mean, it didn't look good in the last game. So, you know, what it looked good in the last game. Okay. Um, you know, wait, wait, just, just to mention one last thing, there's this there's this book called uh, Soconomics. I don't know. I, I think all the time I know it is like this uh, this football journalist they wrote this, and the, the title of of, of what the Soconomics, and I think the title says like why why England will not never win like a, a tournament or something like that. And basically, I think the idea is what they say in the book is like England will win because they played too many way too many home games. They never ever go outside. What they do, I mean ever so often but like more often than not they play all their games at home whether it's at Wembley in this game was at the Wolf Stadium but it's still in England so they're yeah, but, always but, like but this was a home game 
this was yeah that's the thing they always play their games at home that's why they wouldn't win because they never have the experience of going outside so when you play like if you're playing against hungary or you're playing in in uh hungary like you would experience that yeah no no no, they have played in hungary but like how many matches have you seen that england play away on in general like no proportion wise you have to play home no you're not getting no no you're not getting sure this point what he's trying to say is that friendlies in England don't play, don't play difficult friendlies. They don't go to difficult places to play friendlies. Like, they don't yeah. go to Mexico. It's always, to it, exactly. Yeah, yeah. People come to, to them and it's always at Wembley. Like They're like, always. Yeah. yeah, I get his point. Yeah. The title is why England loses, why Germany, Spain, and France win, and why one day Japan, Iraq, and the United States will become kings of the sport. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the, last, the, the last part will happen but I get it <laughs> it is no, it's, it's, a, it's a great read but yeah that's that's basically because like England they never play away and you know it's something to look at I think they should you know start playing away they should come to Cessna Balogun and play against Niger for real okay o- okay let's let's move to let's move to our our beloved Nigeria Joseph Ferrero started the first couple of games he lost against Ecuador and Mexico 1-0 1-0 but the style of football was already showing some signs of improvement. And everybody was like, okay, yes, we lost, but... And then we play our first game against Syria alone, play 2-1 at home. And then we go and wipe the floor. And it was relentless. It was almost German-like in our performance. We didn't stop until the final whistle. Even 92nd minute that Dennis scored his first goal for Nigeria, which was a penalty. You could see that the boys were still going forward and forward. Yes, it's a South Omean principle, but a lot of times we've had chances to play against such teams and we play 2-0 or 2-1 or something, some odd scoreline away from... Yes, and, and even the match was not even in South Omean principle. Actually, it was, it was away, you know, that kind of thing. It was a neutral ground but for some political reasons and stuff like that. So, uh why do you think Nigeria is getting? Why do you think Nigeria won 10 0? 10. To score double figures in, in a game is not being. Yes, this is the San Marino of our, of our continent, but to score double figures. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know why. Like, maybe it's, <laughs> you're right. Like, the, the new manager is coming uh, after Iguabo left, and like, it's, it's brought. Um, I guess they were they were really disappointed. Uh, no, I, I don't guess. I'm sure they were really disappointed after you know losing to Ghana, and um, and um, you know not not getting to the World Cup. So you know what he's trying to do, and what I would imagine that he's trying to do is just you know get them get them going for the African Cup of Nations because that's you know that's that's their chance of of uh, international silverware this uh, and an international tournament this um, this calendar period. Well, it's next year, but you know next calendar uh, period when next season. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like you say, it's like they are the San Marino, but everybody beats San Marino, so it's like you know, we haven't played, I don't think we've played them before, so you know, I, I can't tell if we like have, why. we have we played 4 1 against them. Like I said, in this kind of games, we, we struggle to score maybe after 10 minutes if we score the first goal, score the second goal almost quickly, the game can end 2 1. Or, and then we'll be chasing the game to the last minutes and maybe they score a, a late goal and we start struggling and we'll be missing chances. I'm not saying we didn't miss chances, but Simeon should have scored seven in that game, you know, that kind of thing. But it is what it is. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe he's an anomaly because 10-0 is not something that happens all the time, you know. So, I don't think, I'm like, I, I don't know if there's anything like to, they can be, but I don't know if it's like, it's something to like pick, you know, pick apart to see why happened as opposed to just saying, okay, this happened and then you can go from there with, you know, players high on confidence and kind of stuff and try and take that into account. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I mean, in general, it was a good win, but yeah, I, I, I don't know much about why happened as opposed to, it actually happened, you know. Odisa, I said Odisa. Sorry, um, Ay. Uh, well, I mean, I, I made a personal decision not to follow the surprise. Ah! <laughs> so, for, since, since we lost to Ghana, so I didn't even know. I didn't even know we lost to Ecuador, or Mexico, right? Oh, and unfortunately, I'm. I, so I mean, so, tell Neil, good, good, good for them. Yeah, all right. All right, now, now, guys, let's move to the transfers. Um, Ay, please just run through some of the major transfers that happened in Europe. You know, uh, well, at least uh, we've, okay. yes, we know we've talked about Nunes and and in Holland and um, so we don't need to go over those ones again. It's a couple okay, of ones that uh, happened recently. Uh, okay, um, so Liverpool. Okay, we, you've already gone through that one. Mm-hmm. Arsenal signed. Um, Victor uh, Maker from um, Porto, Fabio um, Vieira. Fabio Vieira. Um, we saw him in the Champions League. I don't, well, I don't know much about him. Just saw a couple of games, but I don't know if he's who Arsenal need. But I'll let us not fans bother about that. Um, what other major transfer has happened? I mean, it's, not, it's been a very uh, Tottenham signed the, uh, the summer. Yeah. The Liverpool um, signed someone today. Liverpool signed the young guy, Ramsey. Ramsey, Ramsey from yeah. driver from Aberdeen. Oh, yeah, man. from Aberdeen. Yeah, I, I guess he's going to compete with uh, Trent because Trent has not really had uh, a like for like uh, replacement for a while. They've always been using Gomez, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Milner, Milner. <laughs> So now it's like for like, um, it's not been a very busy week. It's more of speculations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gabriel, Gabriel just wants to go to the Arsenal. Frankie De Jong, you know, and all that. Oh, uh, yeah. Lukaku, Lukaku is probably going back to his Milan. So it's not been, we don't have many transfers this week. Sterling is, wants to go to Chelsea, 35 Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I heard I had what happened with uh, with um, Frankie De Jong. That he said, "Oh no, no, it's not not Frankie De Jong. Uh, you and Timber, Timber from from um, yeah. from uh, Ajax. From, uh, excuse me, that he said um, <laughs> uh, the, the news came out that uh, Van Gaal told him that if he, if he goes to United and he's not going to play, and if he doesn't play, then he's not going to be in his plans for the World Cup, and he's basically not coming." Uh, I mean, I don't know why United fans are surprised. I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, <clears throat> it, but shouldn't he um, play though? Well, I mean, it depends, really. Over who? Uh, where, over who? Where, where you? Anyway, over who? Over over Van Gaal? Uh, over Barra? No, 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 over Maguire even, not Barra. <coughs> wait, 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 wait. First things first. Uh, uh, at, 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 at the Dutch level. Van Gaal Ga- plays three at the back, right? So he plays mm-hmm. Timba on the right side. Mm-hmm. Naturally, even Timba doesn't start for the Dutch, na- Dutch national team. 
the right is for Dumfries. Dumfries plays on the right. No, it's, it's, no, Dumfries Dumfri is the wing back. I think it's yes, Blint, they play wing Blint, back. Van Dijk. No, no, no. That was what I'm saying. We're saying, we're saying the same thing. He plays on the right, wing back, right, the right side of the wing back. Okay. The three central central defenders are Blind, right? Dele Blind is on the left side. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Van Dijk, right? Yeah. And uh, the lead. Okay. So the, the sub for the three of them is Devry. Okay. Usually Devry. Okay. But Timber is not even guaranteed to start. Right? Either at centre back or at right or, or at right wing back. Well, but he will go to the World Cup. Not to your point. I'm I'm not I'm not saying he won't go to the World Cup. I'm just saying he doesn't he's not a guaranteed starter. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, so so if your shot you, is not you, guaranteed, but you forgot one player. Wait, 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 wait. There's a point I'm I'm getting somewhere. Now look at someone like Nathan Ake at at Man City, right? Nathan mm. Ake is not a he's not a guaranteed starter at Man City, but he's he's gonna make the just squad because on that left side there's there's less competition, right? Mm-hmm. The 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 Danny Blind is not the most, you know. It's not, it's not pacing. It's not pacing. Yeah, I know that. So, <clears throat> it's not that physical. So, Nathan actually has a chance. Even though he's not starting at City. So, that's the difference between Timber's situation and someone like Nathan Ake's situation. So, if Timber now goes to Lisbon, because United fans are making it look like this, but guy is being vindictive, he's in the grudge and all that. But it's just common sense, really. If Timber goes to Van Howard and says, "Okay, I'm, I'm interested in joining United," what do you think? I'm going to tell him, "Look, yeah, <clears throat> your position is more competitive. It's very competitive, right? You're not guaranteed to even start. You get. So if you go to a team and you're not and you struggle, but the new league, the faster league, the more competitive league, uh, Timber is not the biggest. Wow. It is it's five foot ten. So, mm-hmm. But he can also yeah. play right back, though. I agree. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. Which Dalo seems to have locked. Uh, I, I think Timber could 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 dislodge Dalo if given the opportunity, but it might take long. And unfortunately, the World Cup is in November. So, <clears throat> if the league starts in August and you're struggling to to cope with the pace of the league, you're still struggling to adjust. You're not guaranteed a starting berth. How do you make the squad in November? <coughs> you, get, you get where I'm going. So, Sorry. But, but right now, is that Ajax is playing. He's going to play week in, week out. So, it makes more sense for him to actually stay at Ajax. Go to the World Cup. After the World Cup, then you can take any risk you want to take. I mean, it's just, it's just common sense. You get Mm. So I get, I get the oh yeah, Van Hal is doing this, but it's just even, even without Van Hal telling him, did he actually need Van Hal to tell him this? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, but you know, you know athletes, but you know, athlete mentality. I'm the best player in the world. I'm the best at my position. You know how they think. So it was good that he needed a father figure like Van Gaal. That you know, should I say bringing him down to earth and saying, Uncle, straight talker, Ross. You need to you need to think about your career at least short term in terms of the World Cup. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I mean, I'm not surprised. Everyone is looking, looking at Zangana has done something ridiculous. Yeah, this is what every national minded does. If any young lad that is not sure of a, of a shirt in France, he's going to make a transfer this summer. He's probably going to have a chat with the shop. You get me? Someone like Chameni. Are you telling me Chameni did not have a chat with the shop before going to He definitely will. He did. And the show would have told him, oh, don't worry, I know Real Madrid is a very competitive team. As long as you play this number of games and you're settling in fine, I'll pick you. It's just normal. So I, I don't know. I mean, United, so we, everything is always done out of proportion. But, but, AY, can I, can I ask, maybe Odisa will be able to, between you and Odisa, Odisa, welcome, by the way. Um, Thank you. We're to answer this question. These kind of conversations are always like a gentleman agreement. Mm. And that's not, yeah, yeah. That's, not that's not set in stone. So, um, yeah. Mr. Chouameni, if you come to Real Madrid, if you go to Real Madrid, Guy, my Casemiro is there on lockdown, man. He's he's the number one DM. You don't play three four midfield positions. You just play DM and you play ridiculous football. Yeah. If you come to to Real Madrid, you're you're going to if you play this X amount of games, and if he plays those X amount of games and he still doesn't pick him, what happens to would yes, their relationship will break and something, but it's 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 cutthroat it's cutthroat at, at the highest level. Well, I, I think I, I think the difference is I think the difference is number one, even if Germany stayed at Monaco, Monaco there is no guarantee going to walk up. Germany looks more like someone that will get opportunity after this World Cup when perhaps um, all these guys. Kante and all these guys are retired. You get my point. So mm-hmm. whether he stayed at Monaco or he moved to Real, there's no guarantee. Sure. Timber, on the other hand, has, has played the last, say, four or five games. You get so he looks like someone that has a, you know, a chance of going to walk up if he if he keeps up his, you know, appearances and his form. So I think that's the difference between the two of them. Germany might not even go to the walk despite going to Real Madrid, unless yeah. maybe something happens to Kante or something. So Germany's case is totally different. You can see that there's less risk there. Do you he also think? Kind of, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, Olisa, sorry, can you answer this question? Sorry, yeah. I didn't want to forget it. Do you also think that what AI rightly said is that if he was in Monaco, there's still a chance that he might not go to this World Cup. But with Florentino Perez behind him, moving to yeah. Real Madrid, he has a greater chance of going to the World Cup. Perez has the clout to say, you know what? Ah. This, 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 this. You do not think that these guys don't influence national team picks as well? Why would he influence France, the France, the French national team per se? I'm not why sure of that. I'm, I'm not he... sure. I'm not sure why he would. I mean, they even had this is Spain, but it's different. Like even when when it was getting came out that Lopetegui had agreed to had agreed to the Real Madrid deal, they had him sacked immediately before on the eve of the World Cup. I don't know. I don't know how much sway he would have in, especially in a nation that he's not he's not even from. You know, a nation that just had just put up with so much for them to keep for them to keep their star talent away from him. So I don't know how much how much that would go into it. But I was going to say on um, you know, on picking players specifically, um, Deschamps has someone has been someone that we've known to pick. I don't want to say favorites because that gives us the wrong vibe. But he he has an idea of the players that he wants, regardless of whether that form is looking good, whether they've been doing well for that team recently, playing for that team recently. He knows who he's going to pick regardless. 
you know, there's all the times where you see Drew in a national team. It's like, yes, Drew is playing. Drew is playing this national team game again. Just it's it's a given. Drew is going. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Um yeah. your final thoughts on this? Yeah. Before we move to that. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, whatever I said is right. It's like, you know, it's uh, it's it's not wise for a player to move. I was I was just pointing out because it was it was funny to to see, but like, you know, it, it broken down. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't move before, um, um, you know, the, the the World Cup, especially if you know you're going to a team that's in a league where it's faster and all that. And then, you know, it's it's, uh, it's a different situation to to try many and fans. So yeah, it's uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's just see what happens. I mean, even re- regarding like, um, I think it's probably the same, maybe not because the uh, the young starts, but there might be also a little bit of that as well with the young moving from Barca to to uh, United, you know. But I, I don't know if it's the same because again, like I said, the young is a, is a starter for for um, for the Netherlands. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, sorry, that's last thing before I move on from this. I do think it might be interesting where we might get a situation where, you know, just because because the World Cup is going to take place in November, there might be some teams, some players specifically, that might get chosen because they've had a good run of form going into that going into that period. So, I mean, just you can just imagine if we had, like, a period where, you know, Jared Bowen has, like, five goals, six assists by the time the Qatar World Cup comes up and they take it. And then he just, you know, like, it's, it's a sort of thing where we might just end up having some random things like that happen, as opposed to where it might be the player had a had a good end to the run of the season and maybe it's different. I feel like that might actually be even more even more dangerous if you get what I mean. Yes, I understand that. Oh, we're still buying players in January transfer window after the World Cup has mm. been after they've had a good World Cup. No, nobody does that. Nobody really does that again. Wait, have we haven't seen it yet. Yeah, the science, the football science has gone too deep for that, man. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, Olash, well, thank you very much. No um, so um, we're, we're moving to other. Excuse me. Sorry, excuse me. Let's let's move to the Grand Prix first before we round up with the NBA Finals. So um, okay. what, anyway, what what happened in the Canadian Grand Prix today? Oh well, I mean, um, <clears throat> well, first let me congratulate um, the fans of uh, um, Hamilton. <laughs> if I if I made the podium uh, after, I mean, we'll be fifteen or what? <laughs> so, no, please, I'm just being funny. So, um, if I even made the podium, and um, once again, my boy Max did it. I mean, you know how we do uh, from pole to finish. At the point, it looked like um, Sainz was going to win his first uh, Grand Prix, but he didn't have the, he didn't hold his nerves, I guess. Doesn't have that dog in him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, without, I mean, better it was the clerk, but because of a uh, change of engine and all that, the clerk dropped to 19. Mm. And uh, yeah, so it was almost impossible for him to win. He tried, he came to it, so not, not, not so bad. But with the change of engine now, I think we're going to have a more competitive um, season because now we expect him to be more competitive and to push Max even further. What? What? But the situation was basically end to end. I mean, little changes. You know, I, I'm I'm started in fifth, uh, in fourth rather, and finished third, right? Uh, Russell yeah. started in fifth and finished fourth. 
Mercedes finally came to play. The car didn't look like it had a lot of poor points, and it's a track that's historically been one of um, Lewis's favorites. I think either him or either him or Vettel, or Vettel have won this Grand Prix since about 2010. So it's it's one that it's one that he he really seems to enjoy. So they came to play Alfa Romeo, um, Bottas and um, Guan Yuzhou both had pretty good races. They, they placed um, Alpine, you know, El Plan seemed to seem to didn't work out too well in the end. But um, Alonso came second. Came second in qualifying, so started started from started from the front of the grid, ended up sixth and seventh, which was alright, and uh, pretty good all round. I guess, I guess um, Stroll Stroll came tenth, so I guess he scored a point in his home country. Nice for him, and that was pretty much it. We had a couple couple strange DNFs. Um, Perez really early with a, I don't think they said it wasn't an engine failure, but I'm not sure why it was, and uh, Schumacher and Sonoda early on, but that was mainly it. Pretty nice drive. McLaren though just didn't show up. I guess that's that's another race where they just never really saw them. I guess they did show up, but they had a disastrous pit stop, and that was it. Okay, all right. Um, Ay, over the, yeah. over the week you dropped something on the WhatsApp. You'd like to mm-hmm. share it with the audience? Oh yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> which um, you know, from now on is becoming more popular. You know, it's becoming more global. Mm-hmm. So more more cities want to host uh, Grand Prix, and uh, I mean the calendar is built in a way that you have a limited number of races you can have in a year. I think you can't. I don't think you have more than four at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> which okay. makes sense because you have you have fifty two weeks in a in a year. Sorry, um, you have it. Yeah. Sorry, Ewai. The the reason yeah. why they have this limited number of races is it for the two reasons of one logistics. That's moving of the cars, everything about the cars, and then secondly for the exclusivity of it, because the sport only has 22 drivers. I think it's, I think that's really logistic, really, because okay. you have 52 weeks, you have 52 weeks in a year, right? Okay. You you can't have a Grand Prix every week. Every week, yeah. Definitely, it has to be let's say every other week. Okay. So when you factor in, you know, say a summer break for people to work on their engines and to go on holiday and all that, that means it's already limited. It's really, you don't, but you don't even have two weeks. But even in football, you don't have two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. A, a season, a season, the football season is not two weeks. So, so let's say you have say forty something weeks instead of two. Let's say you have forty six or forty seven, right? Mm-hmm. And then. How many races can you fit, can you fit into forty seven or forty six weeks? The maximum you can fit into forty six is twenty three, right? How many races? How many races? Can you fit? Yeah. For the audience, can you fit? How many races are there in a year for a Formula One season? Let's say, like, 
I think my nine is twenty three. But it's twenty three. Yeah, twenty three right now. Twenty three right now. Yeah. Which is which is exactly what I'm saying. Because the alpha is forty six weeks, and then alpha forty six weeks is twenty three. So you can't mm. even go beyond logistically. You can't go beyond twenty three right now. Also, also beyond logistics, it's also like a lot of it's a lot of strain on the drivers, the pit crew. Like the pit crew are flying yeah. all over the place. They're doing all the strenuous work. It's you know, yeah. it's really it's really tough on them. Like there's some of them where you see like during the race week where they look they look like they haven't slept in days. So, so it's not it's not it's not it's not, not possible. Okay. And okay. So back. Of course, it's, it's okay. all about yeah. Okay. Well, it's all about it's us. all about money. Yeah, it's yeah. all about money, right? If you, you <laughs> want, if you want your sport, if you want to make more money, you, you just, if your sport is becoming more global, and perhaps you have a presence in say Africa, because mm. right now there's no Grand Prix, Grand Prix in yeah. Africa, and yeah. they're and they're proposing one in South Africa. It makes sense for Formula One to think about that. And oh, look, Africa, that's another frontier for us to conquer, right? If we go to Africa, we get more TV deals there, we get more sponsors there. It's more fun. I'm probably one or two so, new racers, right? Mm, maybe. Yeah, we also develop the sports over there. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So okay, there's, there's, a, there's a need. Okay. From, yeah. So there's, there's a need a... to look at all these possibilities. Yeah. And okay. try to expand. And that means the traditional the traditional venues need to... Because those traditional venues, they, they're not as attractive as they used to be anymore. You know? So well, those venues are just a cake. You get to just know mm. about oh, find you one in so 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 in nineteen seventy something. <laughs> so that's why we are. <laughs> that's why we have to race there every time. So which doesn't make sense. So there's a possibility that some of these old, you know, venues will be dropped, or they'll make them biennial. You know, say we do one this year, and then we don't do it next year. We allow another venue. Well, oh, we okay, okay, so it's yeah. going to be like a rotating yeah. thing, which I like. Oh, yeah, which makes oh. sense. Which makes sense. I actually so, like that, so that they can open other places. Because right now, I think I don't know how many races they have in Asia, but they're trying to enter Asia too. So there's so many, and Asia is a huge market. Like you want, I mean, you want your Grand Prix in China, for example. You don't make a lot yeah. of money in China. You want one in probably Tokyo. You want one maybe oh, in, yeah, you want one maybe in Malaysia or Korea. Or something so there are so many places to go to you can't just limit yourself to europe and, you know basically it's just europe right now you know only say your take on this um i mean it's the how do i put it for liberty media the company that owns formula one the motivation does seem to be money you know they signed this huge mega deal with saudi arabia recently they recently extended their contract with australia but I do feel like some of it should be beyond just money in the sense that there's some there's some races that we have to do because Liberty Media has signed a huge $60 million deal to race at that circuit every year and the tracks just aren't good. Like every year we have to go to Abu Dhabi for the last race of the season. It's not good. We have to go yeah. to Jeddah. Why do you have to go to, to, go to Azerbaijan? Why? I didn't get it. Yeah, like Azerbaijan. I don't even hate Azerbaijan. Like Baku is okay. Like compared, to, It's better than like Paul Ricard or than like um, Barcelona. But it's not like some of these places <laughs> just aren't fun. Yeah. Barcelona is terrible, actually. Barcelona and France actually just like I don't I miss those races intentionally. <laughs> but there's there's some of them that I do feel like we could move out. Like maybe France we don't really need. Maybe Barcelona we don't really need. But there's some that I do feel that if this one is being considered this one is being considered as something that we can get rid of, I'm not I'm not for it. As much as 
you know, Monaco every year. I call it the uh, the Monaco Grand Procession. I still want to have Monaco. I still want to have Monaco sometimes. I still actually, want to have... actually, I actually love Monaco. I actually love Monaco. Yeah, it was there's fun. Street, you know, there's, there's, a street, there's a street feel about to it. I yeah, think. just it's fun. It's fun to have sometimes. Places like Brazil, I love. Um, Italy has two tracks. I like the fact. I like both Imola and Monza. Monza is incredible. I love it. So there's, there's some places I just don't want to get rid of. But I do feel like there's a couple that eh, you know we could we could cut some fat here. Or even you know with the rotating with the rotating options. There's a couple of nice tracks that we haven't been to in a while. I think it was Turkey. Remember all the all the um, COVID additions we had? There was Turkey. There were a couple other nations we went to that were very. What's the word? What's the word I want to use here? It was it was a different feel to have, and I I would like if we could have some of those some of those countries on like a rotating schedule. Maybe it wouldn't be announced beginning of the year, and it would be like a a wild card race. If you get what I mean? So then by like maybe week four, if it gets announced, we're going to, we're going to Turkey. You get what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Well, the the, the, the the Asians are really putting their head into the world sports. I think last week we also talked about um, the golf, the leave, how guys will soon start joining. And uh, like, like I said, it, the Europeans are not so excited about. Um, there's been a, did I say, a seismic shift you know, in sports, and they don't like it. That's my own conclusion for, for things like that. Now let's 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 wrap it up. A sad fellow called Ay, the Celtic lost. Ay, take it away. What happened? Well, what can this, I mean? this, is this is a safe space. First things <laughs> <laughs> first. I said it here two weeks ago. I said, near long, look for a Calabar <laughs> in Boston and give this man a pancuko. <laughs> Let him eat proper a pancuko so that he can think straight and just set set the team up in the right way. Well, Jason Tatum scores 12 points, well, look, look, whose fault is that? The Tatum is playing that way, and the coach keeps putting him in the same spot to keep doing that nonsense. Whose fault is that? Seriously. I think it's a combination. At of the point, Jason, look at the point. Jason Tatum just wanted to beat uh, what's his name, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I could see it because there were there were open places he could pass to people. He could he could just try. He just wanted to beat Andrew Wiggins. So when you have a player that has that kind of mentality, you're in the NBA Finals, like you're having a personal duel with someone at the point where your team is losing, when the title is on the line, and the coach can't take you off or can't straighten you out, whose fault is that, really? Because I, I hear this all the time. People, people keep exonerating, uh, you know, Doka. Mm-hmm. Is the what is his fault? Like, I don't get. Why why are you saying it's not his fault? It's his fault. If Tatum is not being professional on the floor, why is he on the floor? Are you still playing for 40 minutes? Seriously. I mean, I mean, I said this last week. Uh, Jalen Brown, you set up screens for him. You ignore the screens and do whatever he likes. Tatum takes long two-point shots. I don't get it. He has been doing this shit. I'm sorry. He has been doing this since... <laughs> He has been doing this since year one, since he was a rookie. You're at a spot where 
all you have to do is take a step back and shoot a three. He'll keep shooting the two from that spot. There's a reason they allow you to shoot from that spot, stupid. It's because they know you're going to hit it and they know you're not going to step back. So, I mean, these are just things you can see. You don't need a magician to tell you this is not working out, right? You don't, you don't need one. So, there are lots of things to, I mean, it wasn't, to be fair, I mean, especially the, the game six, the, the beat was fair and square. I mean, <laughs> we're not even there in game six. Yeah, but you guys started well. Some Somebody was already gesturing to the crowd in the first half. And from the from, from, from the second quarter, from the second quarter, you already from the, you know. <laughs> no, from the, from the second from the second quarter, I knew we had lost. I knew, I just knew it. From the second quarter, I knew we had lost because I could see that Wiggins that beating Tatum, and Tatum was already getting agitated, taking it personal, you know, turnovers. See, the moment we have turnovers, that we have ten turnovers in the second quarter, I know we are going to lose. 100, 100, 100. That's just it. Because in this, in this that's, an that's, an, that's an example of what I'm saying. Like, just pass the ball. Sometimes you don't you don't need to play hero ball all the time. I think it's worth too much Kobe. Yeah. It just, he wants to be like Kobe. Like, dude, you're not Kobe. You're not going to be Kobe Bryant. Sometimes just pass the ball. You know, it's just... When you pass I mean, the ball, you open up space Kobe. for yourself. You, exactly. I mean... There's so many plays like so, so many plays. You know, I, you know the most painful thing is sometimes the, I think Jalen Brown is the one that actually upset me the most. It's just that it was a bit better in the last game. But they'll set up screens for this dude that leave him with Jordan Poole or Steph Curry. He's a, he's a, he's a good match for Steph Curry but he's a lot bigger than Steph Curry, right? And yeah. Steph Curry is not good defensively. And well, the he perfect held his back own. Goal. He held his own this, this no, but the, I, I, no, no, he held his own in the sixth game. It wasn't bad. It wasn't that bad in the sixth game. But in the fourth game and in the fifth game, it was just four. And Jalen Brown, I mean, Jason Tatum is not the most intelligent person. But he's, a, he's, a good, he's, a, no, but he's a good player. But Jalen Brown has always been an intelligent player. So to see someone that intelligent making that kind of mistake, wow, that's a strong, that's a strong. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was very upsetting, and 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 Steve Kerr could see this. You know, you could see Steve Kerr is just like a chess player, right? He started the whole series playing a certain way, in the way that actually suited the Celtics, right? But you notice that every time he took Draymond Green out and went a bit big, we sort of struggled. But he noticed also that that period Kevin Looney was always picking up fouls. So he knew we couldn't really start with that. So anytime he sees they're running into trouble, he just goes a little big. And then they match up better against us. And then we just start losing concentration. Turnover after turnover. Marco Smart trying to be trying to be <laughs> sleek, trying to throw the ball from the back. Dude, you're not that good. You know, Alan Iverson. Just pass the ball and defend. Please. It's just the simple things. I mean, I hope we're going to be there next year because next year, I expect the Nets to be a lot better. I expect the box to be a lot better. It was your chance, the right? Only, <laughs> the only reason we beat the box was because Middleton wasn't there. <laughs> the only, seriously, the only reason we beat the Heat was because this guy was burned out. Um, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Butler. 
Yeah. It was injured. I was born down. Yeah. The only reason we 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 we, we swept the net was because they had a rough season. So this was our chance. If the Warriors didn't win this season, it wouldn't have changed anything for them. They won the title three times. It wouldn't have changed anything. So this was our chance. And the Mewudoka blew it. So that's that's the thing. Lisa. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Not not All right. I'm going to shift towards the Warriors. He has mm. lamented about the Celtics. Um, is Steph Curry? I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Steph Curry is the best player of all time. That's the first question. Which, uh, is, which is um, Finals MVP and the fourth okay. title. You know, he's in he's in great company, man. He's in great mm. company. When you see his achievements, he's in great company. We're talking the Kobe's, the the LeBrons, the Michaels. That's the yeah. company he's right now. In terms of what he has achieved, that's the first question I want to ask. Then, secondly, is Steve Kerr the greatest basketball personality in terms of? Ooh. Is he the greatest personality in terms of coaching? This is his ninth title. Mm. He's, been, he's been. He was a great. He was a good player, not a great player, but was a good player. Loved. Yeah. What do you say? Loved, loved, loved everywhere he went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He became a good GM, and uh, now he's a great coach. And he was picking up titles everywhere, and he was also a great broadcaster, NBA broadcaster. Yeah. So, is is he like in his Zidane kind of? You know the way Zidane has won so many titles. Mm, I get it. As a coach, is he in that kind? Of, yeah, he's, he he wasn't as good a player as Zidane was a player. Definitely, he wasn't. He wasn't in his league. You know, he was almost like a role player. So, is he like the greatest? Should I say personality? It's something that people are not. Hmm. This and is an interesting. Steph, Steph Curry, a top ten player. Yeah. All time. So, so I'll start. I'll start with Steph. You know, Steph being top ten. I I don't personally. I don't like ranking players. That's just how. That's just how I feel about it. I don't like. But if I compare people like people that you know I would think of as like players of that echelon, Steph Curry is in that is in that background. It's not a question. You know, I feel I have to slander other players to make my point here, but I'll do it. Fine. I always hear people talk about like you know Trey Young being compared to Steph Curry, and it's the stupidest thing I hear all the time. <laughs> it's, 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 it's I hate I hate it so much. It's so annoying to me. Where I feel like people look at Steph Curry, where you know it's a game where he's not really touched the ball yet. You know, you know, like first quarter he's just running around. He's not just running around. The fact that that is there's always someone that's at his hip. There's someone that's wearing his jersey with him. The, he's opening up space all the time. The decoys he runs, all that sort of stuff. Steph, like Steph Curry does stuff that other guys just don't do. Guys like you know Trey Young just don't do. Guys, <laughs> anyone that they want to compare to, they just don't do it. Now it's true. It's true. Even like Luca, he doesn't do. A, he doesn't do all this stuff. These guys, you know, finals games, he's putting guys in hospital because of how much they have to chase him around. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I feel like all this stuff, all this stuff. Somebody like, said he's trying. We're trying. <laughs> yeah, look, that's that's what that's what it's like playing against Steph Curry. People see like people see some of the bad shooting games. They think, oh, you know, he's you know he's he's not really done anything. He does so much that I feel like people people think about it as people think about it as just shooting or he just you know they make it seem like it's so simple. Steph Curry is a player of a different different class, a whole a whole different class. Plus, you know, people talked about come back to the regular season. 
I think this was like his worst shooting season of his career. Maybe besides like one of the years he was injured. Was it? Right? If you look at his... He was chasing the three-point record. Yeah, I thought that, you know. Yeah, there were a lot of funny, funny threes. Yeah. But even at that, you know, and this is this was also a season where I don't say like, oh, he had no help or something like that. But there was less compared to other Warriors rosters that they played with. Less, there was less, you know, less heft better, offensively in some places. Yeah, oh, no, you know, not not a lot of that. But he still had better shooting splits than a lot of players. Like like Trey Young, I mentioned earlier, he had better shooting splits than Trey Young, which this this was one of Trey Young's best shooting seasons. So I feel like a lot of that gets underappreciated. On Steve Kerr, though. On Steve Kerr, though. Steve Kerr might be the answer, but I feel like there's someone we're forgetting. There's someone I'm thinking of where he he did all three positions, was good at pretty much every one of them. It's not Parali, because Parali was like a nothing player. I can't yeah. remember it. <laughs> he was an, he, he was almost... Uh, I, th- I think I think he's there. Hey, why? Your take on this Steve Kerr You guys can chime in and you know, let's discuss quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah Steve Kerr is like I, I, I won't say it's like a, I won't say it's like Dan because he was not that good as a player. I think he was just a good three point shooter. He didn't win too many, too many NBA awards and all that. So no, no, he didn't. He won, he won titles, but he didn't win personal awards. So I won't say I won't say Steve Kerr. Let me see. Um, Thinking of people, I think I would have said Larry Bird. Unfortunately, Larry Bird did not win with the Indiana Pacers. As coach, you just got them to the finals. So he, didn't, he didn't win. Yeah. Uh, I uh, think Phil Jackson. Phil, Phil, Phil Jackson won 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 a title a as a player. He won a title as a player. Yeah. And then he, he won a lot as a GM. And he won a lot as a coach. It was terrible. I'm a GM. I love. I mean, I won't say. I mean, I won't say it was terrible. New York got issues. No, no, New York got issues. No, no, seriously, New York got issues. So, he, I mean, did, he did. He did take Porzingis, who was like, you know, it was actually good. Yeah, exactly. So New York got issues. I don't. I don't. I don't think the problem with New York is just having, you know, a good. Um, that problem is not GM. today. Yeah, exactly. There's not one since the fifties or something. So <laughs> I don't know. How you that think is. he needed a Shiloh experience. <laughs> 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 yeah, perhaps. And, you know, the, the, the owners they don't like the owner. So that's another issue. No, no. Yeah, so, uh, but I don't know which my, which, which, who can I say one title as a player and then one as a, as a coach? I think, I think it's also Jackson. Uh, I would say uh, Russell too. Russell won as a coach with the Celtics and as a player with the Celtics. Mm. But that was a long time ago. That was a long, long time ago. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I will. I will say I watched. Uh, I watched this game randomly. I watched um Nets. Nets. What was it? Nets. Um, Spurs. Oh four. Oh four. Finals game six. And Steve Kerr was in that game. Just randomly in that game, he played a couple of minutes. And he's one of those players where every point of his career is highlights. Where I think he there's a series that year he plays the Mavericks and he hits like six threes and it flips the game for them. Like if they don't win, if they don't win that game, they might lose that series. The Mavericks and the finals instead. So there's there's so many points in his career that you can that you can pick up from where he he just shows up. He's he's what's the word? He has his his career has been a lot stress every point he's been at. So just want to say that. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations to 
Golden State for winning the NBA championship for the first time in the last eight years. Um, that's that's dynastical. Congratulations to them. Thank you very much, AY. Thank you very much, um, um, Olisa, and also Lashagun that was here before. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers.